Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Jamie Crosby. She's the author of The Power of Two, Exponential Sales Leadership. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So first off, the book arrived in my mailbox. I love it. It's so compact. It's travel size. You can you know, take it with you on the go. I travel on the subway, so this fits right in my pocket or in my purse. So great yes. job on that. It's very user-friendly. That was the idea. Flight. That someone could read it on a flight home. So Jamie, in addition to the size of the book, which as I just mentioned, I adore, uh, The Power of Two the two is an exponent in reference to the exponential sales leadership, which is very clever. Um, do people pick up on that? You know, I think they do. Uh, some people, maybe not as well as you did, but yes, the whole idea. <laughs> I was, love exponents. <laughs> yes, there you go. So there you have it. But yes, the idea is that exponential power of having your sales leader really engage with the sales team. So what exactly does the power of two refer to? So it refers to the sales leader with the salesperson engaged at all levels of the sales process. So there's the power of two people mm. in it. Okay. Has it been your experience that that's not what exists? You know, it has. So prior to starting my own company, Proactivate, 13 years ago, I was VP of sales at CareerBuilder and had a team of 80 to 100 salespeople across the country. Wow. And naturally, I mean, we helped a lot of sales organizations as well. And, and that's what we focus on within my company today. But naturally, there's an issue in the market with sales management, at, you know, not really leading people, but more managing things, doing the reports, the data, the analytics, which is helpful to provide data so they can go engage with their team and help them. Sure. But the metrics. Yes, exactly. To help them to see where to influence their performance. But there really is an issue with sales leaders being somewhat removed and not being in the trenches with their team. So at the core, Jamie, what is then the difference, would you say, between a manager and a leader? At the core, I would say it's influence versus authority. It's the it's the sales leader being amongst the team, showing them how it's done, having a replicatable sales process that they can model and help them win business. Right. What would you say is the biggest challenge then associated with that process? Is it that not all managers can be leaders? Well, that's certainly a problem. Mm -hmm. And you find often within sales organizations that it's assumed that a great salesperson can transform to a great leader, which is not the case. Right. It's not always the same skill set at all. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't, it's not an automatic assumption that should be made. Although some really great salespeople truly want to lead and influence people and are good leaders, that's not an automatic assumption. Would you say though, in that role, a sales manager has to be a leader in the world we let most companies, I mean, in the past, maybe you had two different positions, you know, wearing those two different hats, but now it really has to be in one person? I think if it's a true sales leader, yes, okay. you have to be that person that we're talking about. Okay. Where you are not only, I mean, you have to create the sales culture from the top, right? A lot of sales leaders kind of sit back and talk about the problems amongst the team, but it really starts with us mm -hmm. as sales leaders and it's creating that culture of excellence and it's modeling it. So it's having a replicatable sales process, modeling that for your team, going out there with them and showing them how it's done 
And it makes a huge difference. And so then you're influencing their success far beyond what they could have done on their own. So maximizing their full potential. So is that the reader of the book? Who, when you wrote the book, who? because this is your first book, it right? It is, yes. So this is targeted for whom? The person who's already in a sales managing position it and is. they're looking to sort of expand their skill set into that role of leader. Yes. And it's for, yes, either someone who's expanding their skill set or a sales leader today who maybe wants to transform their culture Mm. to more sales leadership oriented, right? Because a lot of times it really does start at the very top. And there are some cultures that believe that everyone's in sales and they they are engaged with their sales organization. You see the CEO out there on sales calls. Right. And then there are sales leaders in certain cultures who are inside the office analyzing reports, tracking numbers. And again, those metrics are important to be used as tools, but not as weapons. And right. when they're used as tools, it helps give the sales leader data of which to go influence and help and impact. So how did you come up with this methodology that you discuss in the book? Was it well, a lot of trial and error? Obviously you said this is your background learning on the job. So these are this is your experience kind of put on paper? Yes. Yeah, so my co-author, Jay Blakey, he was one of my first few clients at Proactivate 13 years ago. So we helped his sales organization find great sales leaders and sales talent across the country. He was senior VP of sales at Concentra. Mm-hmm. So he came to me a few years ago and said, why don't we write a book together? Because he managed a huge sales organization. Right. I did at Career Builder and then at Proactivate, we helped sales organizations achieve their revenue goals by finding great talent. And so he said, why don't we combine our experience and what we believe about sales leadership? Because he really believed the same philosophy Amazing. and put a book together. So do people come to you at your firm, Proactivate? Mm-hmm. People come to you, are you a recruitment firm then? You're helping them find... Yeah, so sales we, leaders. and that's kind of how we help a sales organization implement this process, right? Mm-hmm. We're not a traditional recruiting firm, no, but we are specialized in sales talent acquisition, sales, sales leadership, and things that support revenue generation. So we help them by finding great sales talent, sales leaders for their team. And also, I'm a public speaker and speak on sales leadership as well as peak performance mindset. So helping organizations to implement this within their companies is something that we can do both from a talent perspective and from a development perspective for their sales leadership. Excellent. When you talk about this development perspective, are some of the uh, sort of the methodology in the book, can this be applied to the whole sales team to become the sales leader or is this more the person who's already in the, you know, the management leadership role? I think it's both. And here's why. I think that it starts with the sales leader. Mm -hmm. But in in terms of the sales team, it's not necessarily so they can become the sales leader eventually, although that would definitely add value for them. But it's so they can know the culture of their organization is one in which they have a leader who's out there with them in the field, making deals happen or on the phone, however their sales process is. But they truly have a team member who is changing their success because they're in it with them. And there's a difference. Right. There's a definite difference. No, there absolutely is. And it's just shocking to me that today's day and age that you could have a sales leader who's really not in the trenches with their team. Yeah. Uh, but I assume that still happens. You know, they kind of delegate the responsibility and then they're in charge of the numbers. Right. And they're asking you, have you hit your quota? But, you know, there's a true leader understands the why 
right. for their sales team. Why are they really doing it? More than just hitting quota, right? Yes. But they care about their people. They mm-hmm. have an empathy and, and they lead with love and grace. It's different, right? So when your sales team feels like you care about them personally and you understand their bigger reason for being there, which is so far beyond hitting quota, there's so many more life reasons for an individual person. And when that, when that sales team member feels that from their sales leader, right. it's not only impacts revenue and mm-hmm. productivity, but retention. And, you know, the number one reason people leave their jobs is their boss right. and trusting in that leader. So when you have that bond and they're in the field with them, it's so different than right. just bombarding them with reporting and numbers. For sure. I mean, you want, you want a boss who's going to make an investment. Yes. TLC. I mean, all all that goes together. It's all part of the process. Uh, You know, that's a part of, I would say, a manager selling themselves to their employees. Exactly. I mean, it's. And it should be a partnership. Exactly. C Suite Radio. Um, I just wanted to go through a couple of things because uh, there's some unique concepts. You know, we, we have have a lot of sales books on the show, but, you know, leadership is a particular niche. Uh, you talk about something here, go the exponents again, ESM squared, the engaged sales management squared method. It's a yes. mouthful, but yes. um, that ca- <laughs> caught my eye. What does that mean exactly? So it's, it's really what we've been talking about in terms of the engaged sales management method, mm-hmm. right? And it's just the methodology that the sales leaders engage at a whole different level. That they are, you know, they're the salesperson may be generating the leads, getting the appointments, but the sales leader is with them on appointments. And really that power of two, when it comes back to the exponent, it's the idea that for the client, they are getting two trusted advisors. Right. They, and it changes it to a much more consultative sales process. And the sales leader is is providing more expertise within the sales process. So at all levels that, you know, ESM2 is right. just that sales leader who's truly engaged in the entirety of the sales process. Right. I mean, and I like how it, you know, it's trifle because it benefits the client, the staff, and the sales organization. So Absolutely. tell us a little bit about the benefits in each sort of, sure. you know, capacity. Absolutely. So for the salesperson themselves, the staff, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, a true leader is helping someone become what they couldn't do on their own. So mm-hmm. you're not motivating someone, so to speak, because you have to have that grit within you. Right. But you are, if someone could perform here on their own, a true leader is helping you achieve even greater results and changes the trajectory of your success beyond what you could do on right. your own because you're showing someone and believing in them mm-hmm. and people rise to the occasion. Right. For the organization, it is absolutely changing you know, the overall revenue objectives, the retention, People are happier and mm-hmm. they feel that bond with their boss. And studies show that happy salespeople sell 38% more. So it changes. It's the, that's 38%. Obviously, that, it's based on metrics. But, right, yeah. right. So, and then for the client, mm-hmm. it, it just is a whole nother level of expertise that's provided. You're getting two. Right. People, two are better than one, sure. even in business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're getting just that consultative level of service. And, and I feel like it shows that you have, you know, you can look at these, this team as trusted advisors versus just the salesperson trying to get a deal. And what do you say to the person who's in a managerial role, but they're not extroverts? Yeah, they're great at driving sales, but this whole idea of engaging, you know, in well, the ESM squared method, you, you know, know, it's not their wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, what do you discuss in the book to, to sort of, you know, get past that? Well, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think you have to be an extrovert truly to be good at this. Okay. And, and, and that is a natural inclination for us to think that, but sure. really great salespeople 
don't seem like sales people, right? They seem consultative, like they have empathy and want to help someone with the problem. They really want to make an impact in someone's business or for them personally. And so it's funny, over the course of my career, I've met several people over time, even personally, not just professionally, who say, well, oh gosh, I don't, I wouldn't be good at sales or I'm not salesy. I'm not Right. People say that a lot. I yes. sales because it has this connotation. It does. It. it does. But really great salespeople are not like that. They're not right. They're, right. You don't they even don't, realize they're you selling don't even, something. No, you feel like you're talking to someone about an issue or challenge you have that really cares and wants to make an impact to make it better. Right. And Salespeople aren't selling you something you don't need. They're consulting with you and helping you solve a problem. So if you're not an extrovert, it doesn't make a difference, truly, because extrovert or introvert, all people want to help someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's, right, it's a one-on-one, it's an exactly, yeah, sort of relationship. Yeah. I did want to touch upon, um, you, know, you mentioned with your firm, you or in the recruitment field, specializing in sales leadership. I'm always curious what your recommendation is in terms of hiring uh, hiring people with industry experience or without when it comes to sales. If you've never done it before, obviously it's a feather in your cap if you have, but what do you say to the manager who is considering hiring someone with no background? Is that something you'd encourage or not so much? Well, it's interesting. So there is such a dichotomy on that topic. And I talk with CEOs and VPs of sales all the time, and some really want industry experience and some don't care. Mm. If you were to ask my bent toward it personally, and of course we honor whatever the company wants, we guarantee them ideal candidates that match their profile. But for me personally, I believe that sales it factor, that grit, that commitment to excellence, I'm going to win no matter what Mm -hmm. attitude, is first and foremost. And so if you have that and don't have industry experience, when you engage in this sales methodology in the book, you have a sales leader there who can train and develop on the industry experience. Right. But what's most important is that grit and that character and determination. Yes. And 80% of sales success is based on mindset. 20% of skill set. So those are all the it factors. And and that's something we teach at our company, peak performance mindset, because it makes an impact. Right. But it's true. It's that if you have that grit and that drive and you see that in other disciplines, that can be translated into a sales capacity, you know, just moving jobs, but it's at, at the end of the day, it's the same foundation. Exactly. So, exactly. That's yeah. most important. But that's most important. So when you're, when you help companies attract the best talent, what are you looking for? I mean, is this something that, like you said, is it just seeing that grit in a person's resume? I mean, what, what is your process? I'll tell you. So we have three major components of our process. Mm-hmm. We have a skill set component mm-hmm. that is 20% of sales success. We need right. to understand their sales process, their sales methodology, their formula for success, and they need to understand that so we know if it's replicatable and they can win for that client. Right. But another big component of our qualification process is based on mindset. Mm. Because like I said, 80% of sales success sure. is about that perseverance, that motivation, that optimism, right. and that drive. And so, yes, and most organizations don't know how to interview on that. So we have a a major component focused on that. And then finally, we do simulation evaluation. So if it's sales, then we're going to be, you know, simulating scenarios such as getting in with the right type of decision maker and how they get that meeting or overcoming objections in the close or things like that. Now for sales leaders, we're going to do scenarios on how they engage with their teams. But for any role, whether it's sales or sales leadership, 
we are taking them through simulations to see them in action. I like to role plays. Yep. That's great. I'm picturing like a, a you know, a virtual reality capacity. I'm picturing you guys with this. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> right? great. Like putting something I think we're going to yeah, we'll add that in now. <laughs> right. Um, you, did, you did spark my interest though. You said evaluating mindset. So how do yes. you do that? You said because most organizations don't know how to do that. Well, they don't. And they spend a lot of questions asking, you know, talking about industry experience mm-hmm. and sales formulas and things like that. Right. But we have to find out how they're made up. So we use behavioral-based interviewing and we use questions. I mean, we we actually, for each of our clients, will customize the qualification process based on their ideal candidate profile. But we ask questions around optimism and perseverance and drive and motivation and really find out so much more. They no longer feel like they're talking about their sales background, right? Yeah. But for your life, what drives you? That's great. And so, you know, or how, tell me about a time you had to show empathy in a situation and how you did that and how someone received it, or just real life scenarios where you can dig into those characteristics we're talking about that are mindset focused. So important because yeah, metrics are important. And tell me about your most successful sales to date, all that stuff, but it's a, you need both, both, right? It's a combination. I always like to know, especially Jamie, with your line of work, you've been doing this a very long time in this book shows that certainly. What do you know now that you wish you would have known then? Or are there things in the book? And I know you have a co-author, but are there things that it was as yes. if, wow, remember when we were doing that? We oh want to help pe- you know people improve upon that. Or Yes. I, I really remember my first sales leadership job in my 20s. And I worked in traditional staffing firms, which is why now I've created something that is unique to that. Right. Because I saw a gap in the market. But I had a team and I did not understand sales leadership. I was just given a team. I was young and I thought everyone would work as hard as I did. And I thought they would be as committed. And I just, I mean, I did train and develop, but I didn't have that same attitude. I thought, okay, you need to do what I would do every day. And how many have you done? And why haven't you done this yet? And it wasn't leading with empathy. It wasn't leading with grace. It wasn't really being there with them. Now, when I transformed over time, I learned that. I learned what I didn't know and that I couldn't just expect this stuff to happen and ask people to check the box, but I had to go out and influence it. And I thought so much differently about it in the future. I thought of my team as a garden and you know how I could yeah, help pull out the weeds, but help nourish it and help mm-hmm. them grow to sure. maximize their potential. Right. So that is the impetus for the book. I mean, my passion, whether it's in Proactivate or Peak Performance Mindset speaking, is about helping people maximize their full potential. And that's what a sales leader should do. Yeah, no, I mean, the passion comes through in the book, but it's so true. You, you talk about your first sales job and you just expect people to be on your page yes. and to sort of do what you do. But like you said, you can get there, but there are ways to do that. And that's what this book uh, contains. So it's really, um, important information. Um, and really just use your friendly. Like I said, it's, it's really easy to read. And, um, I think, you know, very beneficial no matter what sort of sales leadership role you're in. So congratulations on your first book and to your co-author as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website at csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.